Developing the Leader Within is a podcast that focuses on leadership, management, and career development. We nosedive into the areas that are holding you back from your full potential. Let us begin. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Developing the Leader Within. I'm your host, Enrique Acosta-Gonzalez, and today I have with me a very special guest, dear friend, old shipmate of mine in the Navy. Uh, he was the uh, 15th Pacific Fleet Master Chief, John Minyard. Uh, he also has his own um, you know, company, and so we're going to be talking about uh, Fantail here in a little bit. But uh, welcome, John, uh, to the show, and thank you for being with us. Aloha, my friend. It's good to see you. Great to see well, you, man. Same here. Uh, so, folks, today we're going to be talking about leadership and grit. Now, I, I'm going to tell you, right, so the first time I heard about grit, it was in this book. And Angela did a very good job in uh, describing all the, the psyche part and all the things that, that work inside of us to attain grit. But I'm going to be talking with John about grit from the floor level, where it actually happens, right? Uh, because it's one thing to have it in a book. It's another to have it in practice. So, John, uh, we're going to be diving into this. But before we get into leadership and grit, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, where, where to begin? Uh, well, I'm born and raised in Texas. Um, I lived um, various locations throughout Texas. Uh, like I tell people, up until just recently, I've moved every three or four years of my life uh, because of my father's work in the pipeline. So we lived all over Texas. Um, I joined the Navy when I was 20. Uh, I tried college for a little while, couldn't kind of really find my direction and decided to join the Navy, uh, primarily because of my brother who was already in the Navy as an officer and kind of influenced me there. Um, joined the Navy at 20, started to travel the world. A uh, year after I got back from deployment, I met my wife of 35 years. We dated for about four months and got married. And then uh, shortly thereafter, my daughter was born. So at the ripe young age of 22, I have responsibilities. I have a wife, but a new child, uh, a career to try to figure out and look at and, uh, so that's what I ended up doing for the next 29 and a half years, um, traveled around the world and got, uh, was digging in the trenches when you talk about grit, learning about leadership and uh, those kind of things. And I wrapped up my career, as you know, as the 15th Fleet Master Chief for the Pacific Fleet, which is the uh, Navy's largest fleet, about 100 million square miles and about 140,000 sailors and Marines that I dealt with. So it was a very challenging, but very rewarding career. And for the last eight years, I've kind of done consulting um, and finally co-founded and am the vice president of company Fantail Services. So that's me in a nutshell. Outstanding. And I tell you that um, I was fortunate uh, to run uh, into you in the Pacific, uh, a, a brand new command senior chief, uh, uh, you know, working his command and, and learning all those things. And we had an opportunity to share in a, in a, in event, right. An event that wow. really molded a lot of chiefs, a lot of leadership in Hawaii at the time. 
which was the Wounded Warrior Trials uh, with the Safe Harbor folks, and uh, talk about grit, right? And so we're going to be talking about grit uh, the, uh, from the floor level, uh, but tell me a little bit about how, what grit means to you, and how did that mold uh, your career? Well, it, like I told you before, I hadn't heard the term grit in a long time, you know, and um, you know, when I start reflecting on the word, I, I think the biggest thing that comes to mind is probably the courage. It's about courage. Um, I think you have to take a stand for what's right. You know, when, it, uh, when you're talking about being a leader, uh, you, you've really almost got to take that stand. Um, you can never compromise your values. You know, and so many times in today's world, uh, you see leaders, you see folks that uh, get put in situations and sometimes they end up compromising their values. And I, I don't think you can do that. So you've got to have that grit to, to be able to do that. Um, I also think that you never stop learning as a leader. You, you can never stop learning. Even if you're at the top of the food chain, you just cannot ever stop learning and gaining that knowledge because it will have an impact on you when you make decisions, having to make some of those tough decisions. Um, but in the end, your core beliefs, your core values will really drive a lot of what you do. <clears throat> I think uh, with grit, knowing as a leader, you're gonna make mistakes. We all make mistakes, none of us are perfect. And being able to stand up and admit that you had made mistakes that you didn't get it right this time and being able to, again, to learn from those mistakes and do better next time, do the best you can. Um, I don't think you ever dwell on those mistakes or try to go back and change them. So often you see folks today that, uh, you know, they made a poor decision. So they try to justify it. They try to go back and rewrite history. Uh, hey, learn from it and move on because that's the past. And as I've written before, you can't change the past. As hard as you want to try, it's the past. You know, five minutes ago, that's the past. I can't change it. And so understanding that as a leader, I think, is, uh, is really what makes you strong in the face of adversity. And for me, as far as molding my career, I think I had a pretty good, I had a good run, you know, 29 and a half years, but I had some really good leaders that really kind of shaped me throughout my career. First, you know, my first command, I'm learning about the Navy and I had a senior chief, uh, you know, one of our leader who really kind of showed me about very, very knowledgeable guy, knew the job inside and out, but he was willing to share that information with us, the most junior people in the command and really teach us. And so I learned a lot from him. And then in the middle of my career, I had another leader that really kind of showed me what servant leadership is. We had about 40 people in the division and he knew everything about all of us. He knew who we were married to, our kids, what our hobbies were. And he had it in a little book that he used to keep. And he'd always constantly be writing in that, but he truly cared about us. And it showed, it showed through his actions. And, uh, and then later on in my career, I had three officers that I think as a master chief really kind of shaped my career and my decision-making as far as the senior enlisted advisor then. And that was a gentleman by the name of Admiral Piercy, who was my commanding officer. 
he believed in the crew. He put his trust and faith in us and let us, he told us what he wanted and then let us run. <clears throat> and then on my advice, he would change and, but he, but he listened to my advice and it was really very rewarding. And then I had a squadron skipper um, that was probably the most professional uh, warfighter that I've ever met. He was serious about the business of being in the Navy to the point that some people thought he was a little standoffish, but he was just serious about the job. And that was Nick Mangello. But I tell you what, he was serious about the job, but he cared about his people. Uh, every day he was asking about the people. And then finally our boss at PAC fleet, Admiral Cecil Haney, um, who you know very well, really trusted the people that, uh, that were around him and really went above and beyond to seek our advice on certain situations. And that was very refreshing that he trusted me enough to be able, and, you know, had the grit to trust and had the courage to trust people that are underneath him. Cause you know how, how many people were surrounding him and uh, not always had the best interest in mind. So that's kind of way, what grit and, and molding, molding my career kind of did for me. But I think at the end of this, um, you know, knowing, knowing your limitations, knowing that we're not, we don't have all the answers as a leader and surrounding yourself with uh, not only good people, but people that will advise you and will tell you when things are going awry. And I think too often, you know, there's leaders and there's managers and there's people that are great managers, but they're just not very good leaders. And I think sometimes those folks tend to surround themselves with yes people I call you know they, they build their egos up and they tell them oh you're doing such a great job knowing in the back of their mind you're screwing this up so I went a little long-winded there sorry about that but uh. no no that's great no I love that you started your conversation with courage because the Webster definition for grit is courage and resolve um, strength of character, right? So you talked about both those things simultaneously, and it was perfect uh, how you how you brought in the uh, upper leadership. And you know, as, as service people at, on the enlisted side, we seldom talk about the O's, right? But there there are some great officers out there that uh, that allow us through their own courage to fulfill our you know life's mission, our mission in the Navy. Uh, but it takes courage because, you know, it's hard to let go of some stuff sometimes. Uh, and, and, you know, it reminds me of the, uh, I started the conversation with uh, wounded warriors, uh, you know, the trials that we let, you know, and that was a one of a kind uh, event that was birthed in the Pacific. Um, you know, it had been going on in other places here and there because, you know, we, we, we have the Invictus and and all this huge other para you know uh paralympic type of events but this one was centered around servicemen and women and you know it was a big deal right so yeah here you are pacific pacific fleet master chief and you turn this over to an up-and-coming senior chief <laughs> that, must have, that 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 must have been uh, one of those courage moments right well, it, 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 it was in some ways because we were trying to figure some of that, all the ins and outs of how to put this 
together. And I certainly had my staff that could do it. Um, but, you know, when we, you and I started talking, <clears throat> and I think this is important for leaders, is you talk to people and you just get a sense that, okay, this is the right person for this job. Um, and you were it. And uh, you were perfect for it. You did. You went above and beyond any kind of expectations I had. And, uh, you know, made it easy for me to look back and say that was absolutely the right decision. But again, I think through my upbringing, you, I, I learned that you have to trust people until they let you down in some ways. And uh, sometimes that's very hard. As you alluded to, it's very hard to trust people you may not know. Yeah, so we're we're including the leadership piece in this grip uh, topic. Um, and how do you see grip being part of leadership? So, you know, I talked briefly about the leadership. There's leadership. There's leaders, and then there's managers. And I think a lot of times people make the mistake of looking or working as managers and think that they're leaders and they're not. They're very good at managing situations or projects, but they're not leaders. So I think what you have to do is look at what is, what is leadership? What, what does it mean to you as an individual? I think it has to be in your DNA. I, I think you just have to have that ability to be able to in, uh, lead, influence, inspire people. Uh, there's a lot of books. You alluded to a book earlier. There's hundreds and hundreds of books about leadership. And a lot of times when I'm mentoring or talking to people, they go, well, I can go read that in a book and I can get all the information. Books are wonderful. They give you tools. They give you ideas. But until you actually put them in motion and, and actually believe in them, um, I, I, they don't mean anything. You know, you got to really put them into actions. And so I think part of grit and leadership is you also got to look at history. You got to be able to study history, your history, what got you to where you are and learn from that. And um those are the things that I think will really make you a better leader going forward. But if it's not in your heart, it's not passionate for you, it's probably not going to mean much. Um, you can manage people. So um, that's kind of what it means to me. So, so you know, there's, there's going to be some time where you have to evaluate uh, who you are versus what you are and in terms of positions and authority and things like that, right? Because you're right. Uh, sometimes we get thrown into positions by vacancy, by, I don't know, by somebody thought it was a great idea. Right. Um, you know, nobody else wanted to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Those never happen, right? No, no, never. Uh, but so, so then you find yourself in positions and I know, you know, when I talk about, you know, taking you from success to success, that's, those are the in, in, uh, individual events that kind of put you in a position where 
K K factors start coming into play, right? You weren't ready for that position. You don't know how to deal with people. You can care less about people sometimes, you know? And so if you're in those positions and you find yourself where now you have to play the role, you have to do the job because now you are the leader. And so what can leaders do to incorporate grit into their day-to-day especially if it's something that's not part of their DNA? Well, that's a good question. I mean, that's a loaded question. But, but I think what leaders can do, or future leaders, is really look at your experiences. Look at the experiences you've, you've had in the past, both good and bad. Um, as I said earlier, and I talked about some of the leaders that influenced my career and shaped me, they were, in my opinion, they were wonderful, great leaders, but I've also worked for some poor ones. Um, and I've worked, you know, and it was very frustrating at the time, but you know what? I learned something from both of them. And so you can learn just as much from a good leader as you can a bad leader. And understanding that um, will just help you along the way. You know, as far as uh, how do you incorporate this? Humility. I think as a leader, if you're not humble um, and you've got to earn the trust of the people that you lead, if you don't have those two key parts of your DNA, you're probably not going to be as effective. Um, you know, by your actions, by knowing that uh, the people that you lead don't need another friend, they need a leader. You know, you're not there to be their friends. You're not there to win a popularity contest with them. Um, and that's hard. That's hard sometimes in, in the corporate world. It's if you, you want to be liked, you want to be everybody, you want to be everybody's buddy. But you know, in the end of the end of the day, they don't want another friend. They need somebody to lead them. And they put their trust and, and hopes in you. Um, and you have to make some tough decisions that uh, influence people's lives. And uh, I always tell people that as a leader, you're kind of always on parade. Everybody's looking at you every single day, how you act, how you react, what you say. If uh, you heard me say many times, your actions speak far louder than your words. And we've had those leaders. I mean, if you look around the world today, we've got leaders that can just talk up a storm. They're the best speakers in the world, but their actions don't help the people that they're supposed to lead. Um, so I think just remembering that being a leader is not about you anymore. It's really not. And, you know, you've got to have this great ego and you want this next promotion and you want to be out in front of the cameras and, the, and all the limelight. I mean, think back to the Wounded Warrior Project we did. Who, who did I keep pushing, pushing out in front? It wasn't me. It wasn't about me anymore. It was about, you know, those wounded warriors. And it was about Enrique doing the job. You did it. I don't, great, I got a little credit for it, but that's not what I did it for. I did it for the people. And so I realized early on, that it's not about me anymore to be a leader. And uh, yeah, and I think also the other thing to remember if you want to incorporate grit is these blinders we develop as we go forward. And that's where I go back to surrounding yourself with not only good people that are good 
with their souls, but good advisors, because we will develop blinders. If everybody tells you every day that you're doing a great job, you develop these blinders and you think, okay, this decision is the right one, when in fact it may not be. So I remind people to pull those blinders away and uh, try to look at the world from the perspective of the people you're leading. You know, that's that servant leadership. You kind of flip it upside down and it becomes about them and not you. Um, but you got to love what you do. Uh, you got to be passionate about it and you got to fully embrace it. Leadership is not halftime. You can't just do it for a few minutes and then walk away from it. It's full time, 24 seven. If you're, uh, if you're going to do it right, in my opinion. So that's kind of how I would, uh, I would frame it up there, brother. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, you know, going back to the original definition that we, uh, we mentioned courage uh, and resolve. We mentioned a strength of character. And, you know, so, sometimes you have to grow into that. Sometimes, you know, and that's why we say, they don't rush leadership. You're going to hurt some people if you do. Uh, you know, but if you, but, but if circumstances arise and you are rushed into leadership, because it happens, it does. Um, then, then take the humble route. Uh, get under somebody that you can learn from. Uh, observe, become an observer, because that's the that's the quickest way you're going to learn. What what's working for other people uh, may work for you, and so you observe those things. Take advantage of the of the time uh, under some people, uh, and and make full use of your resources because you can't do it by yourself. Uh, a grit will demand a high price if you if you play with it in the wrong way right so yeah. um so so you 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 are spot on on your on your last comment there now uh john if anybody wanted to get a hold of you uh uh you know for fantail services or for, for just to communicate with you how would they do that sure um well i've got an account on linkedin you can just find me on linkedin and i've uh I've recently dove into the Facebook world just because I put my company out there, but you can reach me via LinkedIn or Facebook or just email me at john at fantailservices.com. And I'll be happy to talk to you anytime you want about anything. So, and if you want me to throw my phone number out there, I can do that, but that's on my LinkedIn account. So. Yeah, well, I'm going to, folks, I'm going to take all that information, put it down at the bottom of the video, uh, if not on the, in the comments, so you'll be able to reach out to John. John, uh, once again, thank you so much for being with us. Um, I, I appreciate you, brother. I love you. And, uh, and I, I appreciate the advice you give us uh, at Triad. Um, folks, uh, you know how we end this show. I hope you enjoyed the grit session uh, and success to you. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'd love to hear suggestions for our future shows or any remarks you may have that will help us improve. Until then, success to you.